Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons podcast. Neats, I think it's fair to say that you're a fairly aggressive supporter at the best of times, but it's been a while since you've stormed out of a game halfway through the third quarter. Um, how are you feeling a few days on? Well, I'm quite calm at the moment, actually, Kieran, and that's probably because, um, you know, the voice that we really needed was Glenn Bartlett's attacks on Melbourne. So since uh, reading those comments, I've been quite heartened, um, to be honest, because I-, I was very happy about them. I-, I thought the game was pathetic. The team was pathetic. They all played horrifically, except maybe for Stephen May and obviously Gorn was dominant as always, but nothing came of it. Um, I thought that the most interesting thing to come out of the game were the response from, um, was, was the comments from Glenn Bartlett, who described the performance as disgraceful, insipid, and unMelbourne-like. I disagree with that. Not sure the, about the latter. Not yeah. sure about the latter. I think it's very Melbourne-like. Um, but I think that you know he really put the team on notice, and I understand that Bernie Vince has come out and said that as a player you'd be quite angry about those comments. But I just vehemently disagree. I think. When the performances are that poor for such a long period of time, um, it's just negligent not to make statements to the public that make it clear how disappointed you are. You know, I, I agree to an extent, but one thing that frustrates me about that is I don't think the board should evade scrutiny for this, right? One thing I didn't love about the comments is it did seem to be an, an effort by Bartlett to say, you know, that it's on the coach, it's on the players and so on. But they're the administration that gave Goodwin this this extension. They're the administration that kept Marnie in this position. I agree. Presumably, they signed off on some of these big money contracts, players like May and Lever. You know, I mean, I think it's very convenient for Bartlett to become this fan hero now. I agree with that. And especially, I think your point is exactly right, which is um, the board has to take responsibility for Simon Goodwin's contract and for some of the decisions that have been made. Yeah. Now, last there year, no there was no need for it. There was absolutely no need for it, given, given, and especially given that they knew that we were probably going to struggle last year because of the injuries mm. and because of the surgeries. So I think that it makes no sense as to why they gave him the extension. And now they can't turn around and say, well, you know, sort of divorce themselves from that decision. I also agree with you. They probably did sign off on the May Lever deals. And another thing I would say is that, you know, we went out and got Alan Richardson, right? And obviously signed him to a, to a, to a long-term deal. We got rid of Jade Rawlings. We got rid of, um, Craig Jennings. We ended up giving Marnie the power to conduct an independent review, even though he was a part of the club. I don't see how that's independent at all. Like, I think that that was idiotic, quite frankly. No organization that actually has, um, it's itself together does an independent review in that fashion. I think that any sort of normal corporation would inc- would hire somebody external to perform the review. So, look, that's all kind of pathetic, I think. And and I agree. I think he can't divorce himself from those comments. But I think that the fans are sick of hearing that the team is improving and that the situation isn't as bad as it seems. The situation at Melbourne is diabolical. Mm. There were two weeks of promising signs, but ultimately nothing has really improved since last year. And it will be stunning to me if the team actually makes rapid improvement. I think that even if we beat Adelaide and North, that will probably likely cover up um, the paper up the the cracks that we all know exist in the team. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to play slightly devil's advocate. I don't think we're as bad as that Port Adelaide performance. I mean, that was a truly awful performance. And keep in mind, it came off a four-day break. And truth be told, pretty much every club has had at least one absolute shocker. So, you know, I don't think the Port game is the standard. But to be honest, I think the Brisbane game was a bit flattering. I mean, Martin, you know, Stefan Martin being having to pull out just before the game was huge. 
in in you know against Max Gorn. So the truth is, I think we're like the kind of a tenth place team. We're a perfectly average team, and I think that's a huge indictment on Goodwin because that's not good enough, right? Like that's not acceptable at this stage in our development. Well, let's talk about Simon Goodwin for a second. Is he cooked? Because the language from Glenn Bartlett seemed to suggest that the pressure is on Goodwin, like the t- the temperature is turning up, and the thing that makes me frustrated as a as an observer is um and as a fan obviously but you know I listened to David King's comments and I think his comments are totally spot on and and Kane Corn said the same thing mm. the team your two gurus <laughs> your, your heroes my my media gurus yeah, yeah I model my media game off them actually <laughs> um so I just don't think the team knows where it's at I mean they would not have gone out and uh, gotten Lever and May if they really understood where their, the talent profile was in their list. I think that they've overrated the list. I think last year they thought was an aberration um, and they thought, well, they made this whole documentary to Helen back to prove that they were, you know, on the way back to, to final success. But obviously that's not going to happen. And so the bigger problem I have is you always want to know as a club where you sit, you know, and make it clear. You always want to feel as if there's some real direction and, and people know – um, and are, are sort of self-aware enough to know where their talent profile li- lives. This team has no idea. They have no idea. Because if they did, they would not have like given up all of those high draft picks and invested in, in defense. And one thing that frustrated and, me- And in average wingers, to be honest. Average wingers, exactly. Yeah. Getting Tomlinson on a four-year deal. I mean, what was the point of that? It makes yeah. no sense. And for me, the thing that frustrates, um, the thing that frustrates me is that as Kingy said, you've got Lever and May who are on big bucks, who are meant to be stabilizing the back line, and yet we're still relying on Max Gorn mm. to basically be an interceptor in the in the back half. It's a and huge indictment on Lever, isn't it? Huge. They obviously don't trust Lever. Yeah. Um, and, and, and his stats, it's a huge drop because this year he's averaging two intercept marks a game. Um, in his final season at Adelaide, he was averaging over six intercept marks a game. So he's had a massive drop. And look, you can read that a couple of ways, right? One way is maybe we got unlucky. I mean, given the play he was then, you know, who would have thought he'd drop? But another way to think about it is maybe we still haven't worked out how to use him effectively. And he's frankly looked pretty average all of his time at Melbourne. He's had a couple of decent games this year. And I think May and Oscar McDonald have, have helped him a little bit, but. Geez, for the money we're paying, it's- it makes no sense. And look, we have to get to discuss a discussion about this midfield. Clayton Oliver, 22 percent kicking efficiency. Yeah, that's shocking. That's shocking. Shocking. That is yeah. not AFL. And he's standard. averaging fifty percent for the year. And look, in fairness to him, often his kicks are pretty rushed, and so he's gonna have a lower kicking efficiency than a lot of players. But twenty two percent—that's pathetic. And yeah. look, for someone of his caliber, that's just not good enough. And I will say that. You know, Oliver has never been known for his kicking, but in 2018, when he was unbelievable, Hmm. quite frankly, I don't think we thought that his kicking was this bad. We just thought that it wasn't as penetrating or as damaging as some other people on the team. Now, that there's got to be some reason for that. Angus Brayshaw, two kicks on the weekend and 36 meters gained. That's shocking. What has happened to him? And, you know, Simon Goodwin has said publicly that he's sick and tired of Gus of discussing Gus's game time and discussing Gus's position and all of mm. those things. Ultimately, you've got a lot to answer for if you have a player who um, looked like he was career was really taking off and has gone from that to what he is now. I mean, that's you have a lot to answer for. I agree completely. But just, just on the Oliver point for a moment, one thing that's interesting, we were looking at the stats from 2018. His kicking efficiency wasn't that different in 2018. It was slightly better, but not dramatically. And that makes me think maybe the problem is that he's just kicking too much. You know, and in 2018, players like Gus were doing way more of the kicking, right? 
And, may, and I still remember at the time, everyone used to say, you know, Oliver needs to kick more if he's going to be the player he wants to be. But maybe he shouldn't. Maybe his thing is to be a handball player. And we're not getting the most out of him with him kicking this much. Yeah, I mean, that that's very possible. So, that, look, but that makes the role of Gus even more important now, right. doesn't it? And that role has been completely stagnated. So, yeah. look, I, I just... And, and we've talked about Gus constantly. Oh, what, we can't what can you say going. about it? It's, mean, you know, it's frustrating to all Melbourne supporters. You can't have a player um, with that much talent that you've seen actually put together a very excellent season in 2018, be the player that he's become now. Like, it doesn't work that way. And so, look, I mean, maybe he'll never reach those heights again, but he can't be this bad. That's the thing that really frustrates me. And so... Yeah, right now, I would, even though I don't especially rate Tomlinson, I would bring him in and give him a few weeks. I mean, if we're signing him up on a four-year deal to play a wing role, take Gus a spot and see what you can do with it because we're getting absolutely nothing from Gus. I mean, he's playing... You know, I think this week, again, he played more game time than Viney. So that's not the issue. Yeah, I think so. And then, look, we have to talk about Max Gorn because mm. Gorn is, is you know, as Kingy pointed out as well, he is being wasted, I think, in his role. I mean, we can't take a mark inside the forward 50. Mm. And yet, and we're really relying on Wiedemann and Luke Jackson. But ultimately, you know, we're putting Gorn down back because we're too scared of what, what about getting scored against. So, <sighs> Yeah, well, Gorn is essentially playing Lever's role. He's he's a, a an intercept defender in defense, and I think King is right. He's not very dangerous right now because he's not at the forward fifty um, bounces. He's taken one mark inside the forward fifty, and to be honest, he's had a great year once again. I mean, he's still probably our best player this year. He's definitely our best player. Better this than Petrarca? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, so he, and he's still probably the best ruckman in the game. I mean, he's doing everything. I just think Goodwin's not not getting the best of him, and that applies to so many players. I mean, other than Track. Who do you think has really improved this year? No one. Can you think I of anyone? I would say no one. No, I don't think anyone has improved. I mean, May's improved from his, um, you know, overweight uh, start to 2019. But- right. Well, that's very marginal. And I think, look, as in, look, Pig Hibbard showed a couple of signs that he was playing a bit better and sure. Jake Milksham had a couple of good games. But no, no one has really taken a step forward. And yeah. um, and that's coming from a pretty bad benchmark of last year, very to be bad. clear. It was, yeah. a, low, it was yeah. a low bar. So we have yeah. to talk about Tom McDonald. What do you think? What what happens with Tom McDonald? Oh well, I mean, everyone. So how many? He got seven possessions for the game. Seven possessions, and keep in mind, he came in fresh, right? He didn't play the week before, so the four day break wasn't the issue. He played ninety one percent of game time and seven possessions. But it's not just the possessions. I mean, he just looks so slow and mechanical. I don't know if he has some injury issues we don't know about, but ah, oh, I was so disappointed. And to be honest. You know, fans of Deluded will have heard me carp on about how he should be a wingman and he's got this great athletic ability. I watched him and I'm like, he shouldn't be playing. He doesn't look dangerous. He doesn't look fast. He looks like he's about to get run down all the time. Like, you know, he's still a, he's still a pretty decent contested mark and he took a couple of marks, but he just looks so slow. It reminds me a bit of like Chris Dawes kind of lumbering around, you know, like he's not the player. He, I remember a couple of years ago, he's just so fit and agile, you know, mm. and even- He was outrunning all of his opponents. And even putting aside 2018, even the several years before that, he always looked fit. He always looked quick. I don't know. It's, has he bulked up too much or something? But It's very unclear. And you have to ask what Darren Burgess is doing then. But look, I, I, I agree. I think, I wonder if Tom McDonald has played his last game in some ways for the club because for I don't club. know. Potentially, yeah. He's got another two years on his deal. I know, but I think they need to get him out because if they can't, I don't know what you're going to do with him. And and look, they're not going to, they're going to have to pay his salary if they do decide to trade him and they're going to have to um, accept the fact that they're probably not going to get great, well remunerated for him. But 
I don't know what you do with him. You just continue to play him in this form. You can't. It's just not working. I mean, and the- you have to at some point go, all right, if Tom McDonald isn't the answer, then Luke Jackson and Sam Wiedemann have to be the answer. So then we have to invest all of our all of our stock in them. And the truth is, if Luke Jackson and Sam Wiedemann are the answer, we've got at least three, four years before we're going to make a serious tilt at a premiership. I think I don't think there's any question about that. You know? Yeah, I agree. Jackson's in his first year. You know, players like that will take a few years. Wiedemann's, you know, he's showing. Actually, he's he's had a better year than last year, but that's a very not low much. bar. But he's, show, yeah. he's showing a little bit. But like, we are so far off, and it's right. just it's just so demoralizing to see that. Unless we can pull off some big trade target, but who'd want to come to Melbourne right now? No, no one. And so let's talk about a little bit of a positive from mm. the game, even though there were none really. So there were a couple. Well, what were your positives, Kieran? So my positive and the winner of this week's Rowan Bale Award was Tom Sparrow. And uh, we've been slightly disparaging of Sparrow from his one or two games last year. But well, because all I saw in his draft profile was that he was a poor user of the ball. And I thought, wow, I can't wait to have him at Melbourne. I actually think he was pretty clean under pressure. Um, he goes really hard. He, it's sometimes a bit hard to distinguish him from Viney at the contest. You know, I mean, once again, it's yet another player of the same type. But you can't fault his debut. I thought, you know, 15 touches, went in very hard, had some good little... Uh, little moments, looked more composed, frankly, than a lot of our other players. You know, I think he, he played solidly. Um, so, yeah, that's the Rowan Bale Award for me. Were we, any positives for you, Nitz? Well, Stephen May obviously did a pretty good job on Charlie Dixon, right. so that has to be noted. And, you know, I'm and not – Stephen Way has been playing pretty well, I think you have to say, for right. the most part. You know I'm not the biggest uh, proponent of the Stephen May trade. No, you're the biggest critic. Yeah, I am. Mm. I really am the biggest critic. Well, I, I just – I really just believe that – we don't need to invest that much money in defense. But anyway, it's fine. Yeah. We move on from that, Kieran. At some point, I will move on from that. I don't think you can fault the job he's been doing this year. And look, I totally agree with you on the trade. I mean, he's not an amazing kick, to be honest. I mean, I think he rates his kicking higher than he should. I uh, think he sometimes that, butchers it. But yeah. as a one on one defender, he's pretty good. No, he is. He definitely is. But I then I, I agree with you. I think for me, I I critique I think he overrates his kicking and he mm. overrates his – and I get that he's trying to create some dare and attack, but maybe he overrates his teammates mm. as well to think that they'll actually be able to mark some of these kicks. But I think that, you know, he actually did do a pretty good job on Charlie Dixon as, as you know, all things right. considered. So that does need Which to be noted. got to be one of the toughest matchups. Absolutely, in absolutely. Yeah. So that was well done. But yeah. here's my question, Kieran. We've got Adelaide next week who are winless. Mm. This game all of a sudden feels like – a coach killer. Yeah. If they lose this game. There's no real upside for Goodwin. We have to win. And if we lose, it's surely game over. But will they sack him? Like, can they really sack him after the Adelaide game? I mean, it's well, just. Tom Morris wrote an article um, a couple of days ago suggesting that um, even though we might need to pay out between 1.4 and 2 million um, to sack Goodwin, that the club's in a pretty good financial position. Um, you know, they've got us back to surplus. And so maybe it's possible. To me, it still seems like a massive hit, you know, like, and obviously it's going to go into the soft cap. So I don't, I don't think we'll do it, but, but even if he doesn't technically get sacked, I kind of feel like if you lose to Adelaide, it's very hard to regain your credibility. I think, well, especially look at Adelaide. I mean, Adelaide's performance against North was just horrific. It was horrific. And um, they just look like a team that's way off AFL standard. And it's extraordinary to me that like, if we lose to Adelaide, that is a complete and utter disaster for Goodwin. And, um, you know, I, I really have to say that I think that, uh, look, people have criticized me on this podcast, namely you and others for saying that we should sack Goodwin, but it is not, it is not about, you know, just this year's performances. Like, quite frankly, you can't be this bad at your job and keep your job for that long period of time. 
with yeah. absolutely no improvement because I think the it's Kane, a consistency of the issues. It's a consistency it? yeah. of the issues. There is abs- and Gordon does not have the answer. He has absolutely no answers. Like the thing that really annoys me is that we were getting flogged by Port. Why don't we try and put somebody else in the midfield? Right? Let's just give somebody else a go and see how they go. Put Cosy Pickett into the midfield. Right? Like hmm. get some speed into there. Right? Maybe it's not going to work, but just give it a go. I think Gordon is very, very stagnant. He's very set in his own ways, and I don't think he's capable of thinking creatively. Yeah, and we have certain players, right? Like players like Jaden Hunt, who to me have something that's very unusual, you know? Like he has really unique pace, you know, he's a great tackler. I just think with a good coach, you could get something out of a player like that, you know? And I don't feel like Goodwin can do that. Like, you know, I just think like players, like even someone like Frost, you know, I feel like Goodwin just didn't get the best out of him. Like players that have- Is Clarker getting the best out of him? Well, Clark is getting more out of him, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Frost has actually been all right this year in, in a pretty struggling team. I knew you were always going to bring up Sam Frost again. Yeah, <laughs> some people might question that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so many of these players just keep stagnating. And even Gorn is playing well without really being like He's not really being destructive with anything yeah. he does. And you see the way that, you know, we watch the West Coast highlights. And you see the way that West Coast set up with Nick Natanui in the forward 50 yeah. stoppages. And it just pales in comparison to what Melbourne are doing with yeah. Gorn. So they don't I mean, know how to they use was, him. They were saying, I think, on the same show that Melbourne is the second worst in the AFL at goals from forward 50 stoppages. That's insane to me. Yeah, just, um, just ahead of um, Adelaide. Right, exactly. And that's and when you have the best ruckman in the competition and you're the second worst that, that goes from stoppages, that, that shows you the problem, right? Shows there, you the problem, it? doesn't it? But I think that personally, um, these players are stagnating, they're not progressing. I, I just think that we need a new coach or something needs to happen because you know, I, I don't think Goodwin has the answers. I don't think he knows what to do. I don't think he knows how to fix the problems. I think he thought that maybe the injuries or the surgeries would fix the problem, but it's it's not fixed. It's everything is t- continuing to be a repetition of last year. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I agree with you, and I, I think it's important to note. I do think we'll win the next couple of games, and I do think that we'll end up, you know, like a mid-table team. I don't th- I don't think we're like the worst team by any means. I think we'll probably have a couple of decent wins in the back half, but the consistency of the problems and the fact that we seem so 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 far away from a premiership four years into his tenure. To me, that, that that tells me that it's time for him to go. Right. I think that's right. And I think it's also, you know, at some point you – the buck stops with the coach, right? And you don't have to be a like a team that's languishing in 17th to get sacked, right? Like mm. ultimately, Melbourne think that they – Melbourne, the, the succession plan was set up on the assumption or on the belief that this was a team that could compete for a premiership in this particular time range, and they're not. So and if that's the benchmark you've set up, which they did, then they need to be held accountable and be actually assessed according to that benchmark. Yeah. Um, ins and outs of this week? Look, take your pick. You know, I think maybe Tomlinson comes in for Gus, but we'll see. I yeah. think that, you know, anyone really – I don't really care. Yeah. I Look, despite me saying that I can't see Tom McDonald playing anywhere – I wouldn't mind one week of trying him swapping in for Oscar and trying that as the three defenders. Oscar got a bath from uh- Oscar had a shocker. And in fairness, I mean, Georgiadis looks very good, but it's exactly the kind of player that Oscar should be able to be competitive with, you know, like similar size. Oscar's more experienced. Didn't look great, did it? No, it was quite embarrassing. But, yeah. but um, he's going to do that to a lot of people, I think. Right. He looks like a star. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see how he goes. But if he moves like he did the other week, he'll get absolutely cleaned up. Mm. I don't know. If he keeps moving like that, he's in trouble. Do you think Jones will get picked this Jones week? looked very slow and yeah. he looked like he couldn't tackle. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't pick Jones. Yeah, I wouldn't pick him either, but I don't really know what's... 
what's next? I mean, I wouldn't mind trying some of the younger players like Bedford. Bedford showed a bit in in round one. I mean, that just makes me even. It's got a bit of pace and a bit of energy, and I don't know, Nitz. I think we're starting to get to the point where we've got to think. Let's play some some young players. Like I don't think we should, you know, like completely, yeah, you know, give up on this season, but. At a certain point, it's like we're not going to win a premiership with this list. Like any Melbourne supporter thinks we could win with a premiership with with this list in this year or next year is kidding themselves. Absolutely kidding themselves. So why not? Well, we're not even. I don't even think we'll make finals. So it, it's right. winning a premiership is not really the standard for me anymore. But even it's if we can squeeze we can squeeze the season enough to make finals, which is not impossible, it's just so far off that I'd rather see some of these younger players and see what they've got. I don't know. Tanking. No, it's not tanking because we didn't have the, a draft pick this right, year, right? Exactly, so we're giving exactly. North Melbourne a draft pick by doing that, but I don't know. This is probably one of our more sour episodes, but there's really no way to disguise it. No, last. there's, what do you really really not, say there's about nothing it? to say about it except the fact that it was shocking. So yeah. on that very cheery note, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you very much for joining Deluded again. Um, please join the Facebook uh, group if you haven't already, uh, Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan community. We also have a page, but there's nothing really on that. So join the group. Uh, we have a bit of a discussion about the Ds. And yeah, we can ruminate about this game, which is huge. What's your tip? I think we'll win. I think we'll win as well, yeah. only because this is such a backs against the wall type type game. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, please join the page. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review if you get a chance. But um, we'll see you after the Adelaide game. Hopefully, slightly better spirits. Go Ds. Go Ds. <laughs>